Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is Lord. When I was a seeker, I saw both night and day. I asked the Lord to help me.
shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city, in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger.
must give to us his everlasting life, but to receive his gift, we must put our trust in Jesus as our Savior and Lord. And when we trust in Jesus, we give him the, greatest, the very best gift we could ever give him, ourselves. All right, let's give it to them one more time as they go off. Here you go, guys.
You can see why that's one of my favorite Sundays of the year, right? I mean, how fun is that? Oh, man. Let me give you just a quick word to go along with that. Uh, we've been working through the themes of Advent uh, each Sunday, and this Sunday our emphasis is joy. And uh, we've been celebrating the fact that Silent Night is 200 years old this year. Uh, maybe the, the, the banner Christmas carol, right? Uh, we determined this year that we weren't going to sing any of it or have any of the music playing until Christmas Eve when we get together and we'll, we'll light candles and we'll sing it together as the closing of our Christmas Eve service here uh, next week. But we've been reading the words to the different verses each Sunday. And so I want to read this passage to you, this, this, uh, this verse, and then just give you a quick word about joy. And I think it connects with what we've seen today extremely well. So here's the verse for today. Silent night, holy night. Shepherds quake at the sight. Glories stream from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing alleluia. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. In Psalm 86, it says, all the nations that you've made will come and bow down before you. They will glorify your name because you are awesome and a wonder worker. You are God, just you, only you. Teach me your way, Lord, so that I can walk in your truth. Make my heart focused only on honoring your name. You can imagine the wake-up call that the shepherds got that night when the host of angels appeared and began singing, Glory to God in the highest. Hallelujah. It was almost like uh, the sky lit up like a Christmas tree, right? They were struck with awe. And in that passage in Psalms, it uses the word awesome. I have a friend who, uh, in his family, they're, they're encouraged to not overuse the word awesome. Uh, and I'm a, if I were in his house, we would have a problem because he used it all the time. I said, man, that's awesome. But if we break that word down in, into, its, into its components and the way it's used in Psalms, I understand what my friend is saying. And it's that he wants that word reserved for when it really is true that you or, or, or I are filled with a sense of awe. We're, we're gobsmacked. We're bowled over. We're knocked out by the sight or the sound or the experience of something so much that we're almost brought to the point that we can't express ourselves. And the Bible tells us that that's who God is, that God truly is awesome, and that he, he can provoke in us a response that, that brings us almost to the point of not being able to, to connect the pathways in our brain to, to explain what we're experiencing in his presence. How is that connected to joy? Well, let's first take the idea of joy and, and let's separate it out. And you've probably heard this. I'm not going to tell you anything new. Joy and happiness are not the same thing. Right? I can be happy in a moment, but not necessarily have joy. And the reason is because happiness is fleeting. Happiness is based on circumstances. Happiness is based on external 
forces. But joy is something that comes from within. And this is why even in the face of bad circumstances, or even in the midst of terrible circumstances, you can find people who are actually still filled with joy. There's this, there's this inner celebration that happens where even though the moment might be painful or sad or infuriating or disappointing, that moment doesn't control how they see their future. And guys, joy is all about what comes ahead, what's still out there. It's connected to this word awesome because when we find ourselves in that place where we're experiencing the sense of awesomeness, at its core is the idea that whatever we're experiencing, that there's something about it that will last, there's something about it that we can count on, there's something about it that we can look forward to. And I think that seed that's at the middle of even feeling that sense of awesomeness is joy, is an understanding of joy. Um, I think about if I put it in context of where we've been this morning. And one of the, so like I said, this is one of my favorite Sundays of the year is because I have experienced this awesomeness before. And it doesn't matter if it's the Sunday after this event or halfway through June. If I think of this event, it inspires in me joy. It's not just happiness. I'm just not, I'm just not just, it's not just smiley. Something happens deep down inside of here, and I think about these kids, and I think about the, the, the honesty of their expression, the, the risk that they take standing in front of a bunch of people with their eyeballs all staring at them, and they still go for it, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And it brings a, a gladness in my soul that transcends my physical circumstance. That's joy. And I think sometimes we have to discipline ourselves to look for that in our lives because it's easy to be driven by our circumstances. It's easy to let the circumstances of life cloud over the good work that we've seen around us, the things that we've experienced, the provision that God is giving in our lives, the way that God has revealed himself to us in our lives that, that we responded to at one time and said, oh, yeah, it's great. God, you're awesome. But then if we're not careful, we can allow those clouds and that circumstance and those troubles of life to come and push, those, push that sense down and, and rob us of our joy. And so as we think about that, that idea, how can I then hang on to my joy? How can I keep joy a persistent state of my life even when I'm not necessarily happy? And look, you, could go, you can go and find scores and scores and scores of stories from people, particularly people who are followers of Christ, who will, who will describe to you the terrible physical and emotional dimensions of their lives, the things that they've experienced, and they will be able to express to us that even in the midst of that, they had this joy that was really difficult to express, a joy unspeakable. And Jesus tells us about this to close this out this morning in John chapter 15, verses 7 through 11. 
He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, I want to give a caution there. There's a couple of verses like this in the Bible. This doesn't mean that if you're hanging out with Jesus, he'll give you anything you want. It's kind of what it sounds like, but you have to really unpack these words. He says, if you abide with me, which means to abide is to be with. I mean, like, like blood brothers and sisters, like, like adopted into God's family, like spending so much time with him and understanding who he is and allowing God to speak into your lives that you really, you grasp who he is and what he means. And so he says, if you abide with me and then the words that I speak through scriptures and through his direct intervention in our lives, if those words abide in you, and that means they get down deep, they're not just here, but they're way down inside here. If those things will happen, I'll give you what you ask for. And the reason for that is because then what you will ask for will be asked for or requested or sought out through the lens of what God wants for you because you're understanding who God is and what he is telling you, right? So if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Let's keep going. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And here we are. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So if we look at the circumstances of our lives, and maybe, maybe you say to me this morning, you say, Tracy, I'm, I'm hearing you, but I'm not feeling a whole lot of joy. You know, my life has gone off the rails. Um, I'm in, you know, use your metaphor, I'm in the dumper, I'm in the ditch, uh, whatever. But I, and I don't have any joy. I would suggest to you that the words that Jesus is telling us here is that he directs us to say, if you're not full of joy, and he says he wants the joy that he's experienced to be full, and he wants that same joy to be in you, and he wants your joy to not just be... Um, Noticeable, serviceable, adequate. He says, I want your joy to be full. And the Greek there, that word full, isn't just like um, wrapped up in a nice bow. It's like full to overflowing. It's that place where, you know, if you take a, a glass and you fill it with liquid, like with water, and you get it right up to the top, and some nerd in here will know what that word is. It's surface tension, but there's another word for it. But it gets to the top, and it's actually a little bit over the lip, but it hasn't spilled out yet. That's what this word means. It's right there. Like the slightest little jolt, the lightest, whoa, maybe we don't want to use that word around here too much. Um, you know what I mean, Mo? The slightest little energy, you know, just tap the glass, and here it comes. That's the image that he wants of the joy for you to have. But how do we have it? We have to abide in him. His words have to abide in us. How do we abide in him? We spend time with him. 
I, and I know sometimes it's hard. The Bible talks about this. It says, look, I, even Jesus said, blessed are those who have seen me in flesh and believe, but wow, really are blessed are, are those who have never seen me with their eyeballs, but they still believe. So I get it. It's hard. He's not here. He's not, he's not a physical manifestation like this plant is down here, but he's here. And, and if we want that joy to be full in our lives, we must abide with him. We must spend time with him. Study the word to know his mind. Pray in a manner that isn't always talking at God, but is more frequently waiting to hear from God. Spend time in conversations with other believers whose lives are reflecting that good fruit that he talked about in this passage of scripture. He says, I want you to be like this because I want you to bear a lot of good fruit in the world. So look around. Are people around you bearing good fruit and they love Jesus? Spend time with them because you'll hear the voice of God through them. Abide with him and let his words abide in you. And this can fill the glass of your life right all the way up to that place where it's ready to just spill over at the slightest provocation. And that, that is one of the things that Jesus came to give us and that we celebrate at Christmas, that he offers this to us because there's nothing else on the planet, within ourselves, in the whole cosmos of the universe that can provide this to us, that offers this to us, except the person of Jesus Christ. And so we celebrate it. And I want it for you. I want it for me. Sometimes it's a struggle. I'm with you. But I'm pursuing it. And I hope that you will too. Would you stand for closing prayer this morning? Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause the light of his face to shine upon you. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you peace. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you joy. May we, may we turn our countenance towards him. Seek his face and seek his joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you be seated for just a moment? Would you give one more round of applause for our kids and for Karen and Haley and Sheila and Naya? What a great job they did on this this morning. Man, I love you guys. It was really, really fantastic.